0: You are listening to the Loitering and Unarmed Podcast, an unapologetic conversation with fellow social justice warriors to engage in radical talk that inspires radical results for Ohio's poorest city. Hosted by Izzy and Jay, two East Cleveland provocateurs committed to narrative change and economic justice. Beautiful.
1: Beautiful. All right, You're that's nice. It. All right, you ain't got to, you ain't got to go. Okay, you nailed it.
0: All right, so first off, people wondering, okay, we got our first episode. They want to know. Some people already know who Jay is because you, you, you've been out. You've been out there doing your thing, but, but real quick, who
1: is Jay? Who is Jamal Collins? Um, I'm a designer, just period. Right, <laughs> just a crazy creative designer. Um, and what a designer is, he's a photographer, he does graphic design, he does video, he does coding, he does keynote talks, he does education, he does all of this stuff, he does art shows, he can just do whatever, versatile, right, so for the most part, um, because um, I'm so old, I've been a father for, since the 90s, man, so, um, he, he also right. he
0: he also talks about himself in the second and
1: third person. <laughs> <laughs> is that what that is? Yeah, yeah. He, he he does this. Um so <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm I'm such a father that when I'm teaching like that's my bread and butter like I love education is my forte, right? So I try to do the corporate thing, trying to be a designer, work my way up the corporate ladder and that was practical at the time. And then, you know, this just design and the technology evolved and it kind of got commoditized and I just really didn't fit in the corporate setting. And I found myself back at home, back in East Cleveland, back in Cleveland, back like uh, pay cut the whole nine teaching. And I got so much gratification out of teaching kids something amazing that I learned. Right. So I learned how to design. I learned Photoshop and learned. You know how to be a slick designer and just find myself in that, so I was able to teach that to kids as young as like eight and nine years old, like Photoshop. Right? You, Adult, you still doing right? that now, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And
0: so, what what is it about the corporate stuff that 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 that's, I don't know, I don't want to say chase you away, but just kind of like was
1: well, they just basically kicked me out, and I just had to pivot and evolve from that. I didn't just keep looking for a job and looking for a job. I just kinda found my way like um still kinda in my field, but teaching art you know like painting and drawing and stuff like that at on a slow level of uh after school program
0: did you know going right? in, did did you get that feeling right off the bat like you didn't fit in and you was trying to make it work um or you just kind of like you said, it just wasn't a fit.
1: No, I was trying. I didn't know if I didn't, I didn't know any other. I had any other options but to just be a designer, right? But at the same time, I was always, you know, had entrepreneurship tendencies, right? Because I'm looking at like, okay, dag, you know, MP3s is coming out, you know, videos coming out, animations is coming out. So this wasn't never in my, you know, corporate title. I was just doing collateral for accounting firm. So it gets boring after a while, right? So I'm, you know, looking like, dang, well, these animations, doing flash websites and websites, and I'm gonna eventually have to have some type of web platform, so I need to learn HTML. So I was always like loving the technology side of stuff, right, so when they wasn't looking i was like interested in like ebay and selling stuff on ebay right and it's like weird like as a designer as an artist like the first thing we want to do even since the 80s like doing graffiti and stuff is making yourself into like some type of character right and giving yourself another name that wasn't born to you right so i got a different couple handles but you know jay working is my latest but you know, so what seeing was, my what some of
0: those other ones, maybe
1: one of them was Airborne. I was trying to rap mm. back in the day, like so. You
0: still spit, you
1: know? No, you you no. It was it was like like yeah. I think about it. I was born in the 1970, so in 84 and 85 when hip hop first kind of hit. 83, I was like 13, 14, 15. So anybody that was like that age back then was doing everything. You know, we had access to some turntables. We was like you know DJing, but um we was doing graffiti we was break dancing we was rapping and we was djing we was doing if you wasn't doing like two of those everybody was probably like breaking and popping and ticking doing that right and then getting into rapping if you could draw good then you was doing graffiti like my breakdance board like you can't just have a plain breakdance. you know it was like a freezer you know refrigerator box we would cut it Right, and that would be our our breakdancing board. It just could not be playing. You got to have some tags on it, mm-hmm. right? So, I was trying to get into rapping. I just didn't stick to it. It wasn't. I was like more of the artist, right? So, so
0: you you said refrigerators. <laughs> you can't, to be honest, you can't be in uh in East Cleveland and not think about <laughs> GE, <laughs> right? Yeah, and uh, we actually not too far from. Actually, I'm on Neil View. Yeah. Um, not too far from Neela Park. I do
1: want my location, bro. Well, we we just, we ain't, we, we, <laughs> all right,
0: we, we. <laughs> no, nah, you can Google me. <laughs> we we over here we at a, on this, a plot on Neela View, uh, but not too far from Neela Park. So give us some early kind of like, you know, like what, what's your connection to, to GE Neela Park?
1: One of the things was that one of the issues. I always talk about problems. I can't help it. I'm a problem kid. But what do we raise? I mean, we was molded yeah,
0: by problems in EC, right?
1: Yeah. One of the one of the issues is that being up on the hill was nice because it wasn't. You know, it's kind of close to the suburbs, but at the same time, growing up, we didn't have a lot of stuff to do around here. We didn't have no after school program. We didn't have like a basketball court we didn't have anything. The only thing we had was the general electric Neela park up there, which was a swimming pool, which we could swim. But one of the main issues was that if you didn't work at GE, you couldn't go over and swim. So, um, on the, on the upside of that, my father worked at general electric, right? So retired from there and everything. So he had a pass. So I got my own pass, which was a little card, you know, Um, And then I could go over there and swim But the problem was is that I couldn't take my boys over there My father had to do that You had to be the employee to come over there, right? So my father would go over there My father taught me how to swim, which was beautiful He would go over there, but he wouldn't feel like going every day We want to swim every... It's like walking distance, right? We want to swim every single day So my homies would be sneaking in there They would be hopping the fences my crazy, but even though I got a pass, guess what I was doing? <laughs> I'm sneaking in there with them. You know, it's exciting. we hopping fences, dodging cameras, right? They had the cameras, you know, they could follow. Like, so we would time the cameras and jump over there and swim. But, you know, it was a nice park. They would have tennis courts, they had shuffle boards, and we would go over there and swim. And right.
0: You've been over there recently?
1: Uh, yeah, maybe about four or five years i shot a video they closed it down i don't know why mm-hmm. it's a nice pool we just needed stuff to do so we was more creative up here on the hill so we would play football we would play basketball you know in the driveway we would play touch on the grass we would clown garages you know i was here we had a peach tree in the backyard so a peach tree and cherry trees and I remember all of that stuff and everything was accessible up on the corner too so hardware store bakery delis um you know we had the video game store up there we had all kind of stuff we had a grocery store we had everything up there like
0: Mm-hmm. Did you used to ride your, bar, your, your bike down to Forest Hill? Because that was our stomping grounds down nah. Forest Hill Park. we be? stayed
1: up on the hill.
0: Yeah, so you never rolled down.
1: No, nah. unless it was something for school. Like we had the East Cleveland Chiefs, right? I tried out for the East Cleveland Junior Browns, but I didn't make it. Um, that would be up there, right? So they would be practicing, but we would not It was a little far. You know, we, we would be going up to Severance all the time. Mm-hmm. We love Severance, bro. So we'd be going up there, to Severance.
0: So what what made you come back?
1: Um I don't know if I wanna talk about that. <laughs> really, really. No, okay. no, 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 no. Um a corporate I I I was teaching in the inner city right so i had an opportunity to really come back and do some programming right so i started out at the boys and girls club everybody probably everybody probably know that and i had different locations i had like seven locations and east cleveland was one of them right so my family always owned this house so that was never i moved we moved in east cleveland in 75 so i've been here since i was 5 mm-hmm. i went to caledonia i went i didn't go to kirk but i did go to shaw right so I could talk about that for hours, bro. But you know, one of the one of the thing problems with East Cleveland was I think it was like depending on what kind of student you was or what kind of kid you was, right? So if you did get good grades, they would mold you. They would have extra curriculum activities. Or if your parents was really super engaged in your schooling, then you probably would be a little bit more better off. Than you know, I was kind of dabbling, dabbling into not drugs but a little dibbling dabbling in the alcohol because when I went to Shaw um it was the 80s like I said so along with the hip-hop and all of that came cocaine and came AIDS and stuff like that so um we was getting a lot of our uh, information from like Karis one and we was figuring that stuff out and drugs really didn't hit the up up there where I was at just yet but it was hitting hate and and down the way and down where Lorder, the Lauder compound is at right now. So that was like one of the first places that cocaine was really taking effect to. Plus, we had the white flight. When we moved over here on 75 and 75, the street was mixed. It was like half white, half black. My father um, didn't. Then he do My parents really don't like me talking about what they be doing. Like, <laughs> 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 I mean, on interviews they be like, yeah, "You, I can't believe you told them." So I don't be wanting to say too much. But my father, um, you know, he got the job at General Electric, so he wanted to live close to where he worked at.
0: Mm, but that was that was part of that was part of what what a lot of people did that work. In
1: yeah, good. yeah. So one of the things was it was that. You know, I saw a decline in the stores that was up here. I guess I didn't I didn't peep it at first because we had a we had Arthur Treacher's right at the corner of Caledonia. So I would go walk to school and at lunchtime, my mother gave me a pass, which is crazy when I think about it. I keep that I could leave elementary school and go walk to McDonald's. We had a huge McDonald's. Right. We had a McDonald's. And then they revamped it and put a McDonald's Playground in there for the kids up front Now it's just a big plot We had a Arthur Treacher's Up at the corner and then the Arthur Treacher's Turned into a pizza hut And then those just vamped Like the McDonald's was gone And you know we had A couple we had like two You know It was a grocery store called Fazio's right now it's like Save a lot um. So we kind of tore down, like we had a hardware store. We had just a plethora of stores, and they kind of made them into some condos. Mm-hmm. They made them into condos. They, you know, it's like, let's talk about you. Rock. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about, we talked about me, and we're going to just go through the whole scenario with you. Yeah. And add that.
0: Yeah, so I grew up on, uh, is my volume good? It don't sound the same as yours.
1: That's because you don't have to. <laughs> you don't have that. <laughs> so I grew up. That bass. Listen to that. It yeah. Beautiful. I, oh, <laughs> man, it's the mic. It's the cloud. You hating on the cloud? All right. All right I got to Maybe you that. want to plug. Maybe you want plug yours or something. No, right. the oh, cloud God, lifter is something. nice. I, I do like
0: the cloud lifter. So I grew up on uh, on Wellesley, um, which is right across from Saint Philomena Church. Um. And uh, let's see. I didn't uh let's see, I, I'm I'm just moving back this year.
1: How long are you gone? How long was you gone?
0: About thirteen years. Thirteen we years. You left when? At how old? I was
1: Man, I was maybe 26, something like was that. You, was you married a family man? or you were single? I was married. You was married. Yeah. You said, we packing up and we leaving. No, the, yeah, pretty much. You I had plugs already in, in Boston? Why no, Why Boston out of any spot?
0: I ended up in Boston. Um, actually, you got to rewind a little bit because first I didn't leave Cleveland to go to Boston. I left Cleveland to go to Vermont. Mm. I... um. I had a I opened my first uh business when I was 23. Where was that at? It's in Cleveland. Uh it's called Crust and Crumbs Bakery and Cafe over on 49th and, and Lakeside.
1: I don't understand why I ain't know you up.
0: Uh. Yeah. Yeah. How I know both your
1: brothers and they know you up. Uh.
0: The same reason don't nobody else know me. I got like it that way. I gotta like to just be I know. laying I'm low. know. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm moving towards that. Yeah. I I like to be kind of like behind the scenes. Doing what I do. I don't need, you know, that, uh, but that's
1: that's a good thing. I'm getting in. By <laughs> 60, I'm trying to disappear. Wallahi. Like. <laughs> I go to LA and come back, everybody acting crazy when I get back. Yeah, because
0: that's it. Look, because you're telling everybody where you at. <laughs> I Lahi. know. I can't help it. I want to go ahead. So, but no, I, um, yeah, I opened my place. I was 23 years old. I, uh, it was called Crust and Crumbs. I had it for four years uh we was mo- we, were, we were actually moving the locations from the location from where where it was which was on 49th and lakeside which is probably one of the worst locations you could ever imagine why wow. uh it's in the middle of nowhere uh, it's um how did you
1: get traffic this is before social media so yeah. you didn't have no you have that you you, uh, you quality talking- uh quality quality and, the, and, the, and, and so we're trying to get uh, back to that
0: yeah just look at the end of the day you give people the quality you let people know what you're doing and the word travels and I like we, that and we had we had early on uh, personalized catering operations for office buildings. So that was my end You had a plug already for that? No, that was one of my business models I said, okay, I will knock on the door Say, hey, look, we're new to the area We make everything you, from scratch where, where did you get your culinary game from? So I went to school I went to culinary school I went to actually um, Ikazi, International Culinary Arts and Sciences Institute Out in Chesterland um, what, It used to be called uh, Loretta Paganini School of Cooking
1: Italian uh, uh, cooking school Not too far from here Dope. So um, I, I I look at you almost as a creative as a, a chef is like a creative, so you're evolving like I evolved with the technology too.
0: Yeah, exactly. You're just keeping it rolling because I went to school for environmental biology while I was working at restaurants. And why would the hell would you do that? <laughs> well because I <laughs> always what time was it, that? What what year know, was that? Man, I don't was even Was you ahead of the curve when you did that? Ahead of the curve, I, like I had no idea that environmental sciences and everything. In fact, it, we it, back in the day, environmental science uh, was the laughingstock. You got to remember, like nobody thought that we were going to be where we are right now with the uh, with global mm. warming and all of mm. that. And so you you know we were the kooks. We were the, we was the the weirdos that wanted to recycle. We were the, all of that mm. all of that kind of stuff uh, because that was a strong narrative that. Um, that corporations tried to
1: to make sure that they could continue to be extractive in their
0: in their uh, businesses
1: so it was like a twofold, right you get the culinary you're not just making sauces you are doing keeping it yeah keeping
0: you're it doing... all organic keeping it all sustainable even before it became a buzzword so we what we did is uh
1: how many black kids in there with you <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Look, when you got when you, when, yeah, when you got to think like I'm like what dang was it wasn't it wasn't actually there's a, unapologetic there, yeah, and wrong yeah, conversation exactly there was one <laughs> there was one his name but he was in after me and I think he's probably still doing his thing, and I and I, I hate that I cannot figure out who he is. Skylar so. Ray's Eric 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 Wells. You ain't tapped in with him? No, I gotta then? reach out to him. I gotta. This Eric- is the,
1: this is this is <laughs> this is what's crazy about it. When you're you're kind of raising, you're kind of going to these different mountain peaks, right? So you kind of alienated because you're the only face in that area, but now you can't really go back to. Where you was at because you kind of over it. that makes sense.
0: No, I mean I, I'm trying to figure out how to come back to Cleveland for, the, for in this very thing because I don't want to be, I don't want to be uh, known for what I was because when I left I was a chef, right? And like to what you're saying, like people, are th- you know, then all everybody keep asking me, are you gonna open a restaurant? I'm like, well, in due time. I'm not gonna come in, you know, come back.
1: I don't think that's hard for you to do. It's not. But
0: it would be the wrong move. I think the whole
1: thing with Loiter is the rebranding of who you are. Correct. Yeah. That's the idea.
0: That, 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 um,
1: I think you're doing a good job with that.
0: Yeah. Just trying to come in saying, Hey,
1: this is about, this is about, I'm glad you brought that up though. It's like, because you have to talk about the chef part, but you got to talk about that biology class and how that plays keep going like i haven't cut you off no no you're so, good no so so you took so you were ahead of the curve y'all talking about recycling back in 2006 and all this stuff you get a connect you get a connect in vermont so
0: i uh so what happened even before we get to remember the, re- the recession happened right mm, so that's what happened w- to yeah me. we was looking to move our location from the, the location on lakeside we had a, we had a deal signed. We put in I think about $30,000 into the project over across the street from uh from where the Tyler building is. You know where they have Cleveland Flea. Oh, uh nice. it's, it's like 36th and Superior. Um we were going to be across from there where the new Asian Asian Town Center was going to be and we had started um putting money in, into that. And then man what? Uh-
1: Go ahead.
0: Go ahead. Nah, that's, that's where we was gonna move, and then I said we we can't continue to go through with it. If we opened up, we would have just lost all everything. of our money, everything. And so I I stopped. I went away. I went to uh went to New York for a little bit. I uh I worked for Charlie Palmer. How'd you get uh, that connect? Um, you
1: removed the family. Or you left them here.
0: I, I wasn't married then. Oh, yeah. So I wasn't married then. I I. That connect was through actually, it was through the cooking school. Uh, uh is one of a local chef, uh, new uh, Dante Bacuzzi, who actually owns Dante down in Tremont and DA, uh, DBA and Akron and a couple other restaurants in Cleveland. And so, I as I was going to New York, he was coming back to Cleveland to open up his restaurant because he was at oriole and I worked actually in New York under uh, Amar Santana, who now has um. Two restaurants over in California, um, and actually Tony a. Ozzie, uh at the time. And so when I came back, I I thought I was going to come back and launch this bigger version of my of my restaurant and be ready to be ready to rock and roll. And I decided not to not to launch. So from that, I moved. You know, then I, I I decided to move to Vermont, um, because again, Vermont was a place that you could actually um, be close to farms do the farm-to-table thing in a very very real way. So that's what I, and then I ended up in Boston. So I got to Boston uh, because when I opened my, the name of my my restaurant in in Vermont is called The Gleanery, uh, and that's an an intentional name. To glean means to gather, um, you know, food after the first harvest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, it's a sustainable restaurant that looks to to provide economic opportunities for farmers, uh, for stuff that they put all their energy and time in to try and grow, but couldn't find a market for. It. So we guarantee the purchase, you know, of that and turn it into fine dining food. And so the whole thing was uh, taking something that people view as trash and turn it into a forty dollar plate. Uh, so I like to play and actually kind of similar to like Lloyd people view East Cleveland as as done and we gonna turn it into exactly what it should be, which is a, a model for economic justice. So it's funny how those things I actually I didn't even real, really realize that that's kind of how I'm oriented anyway, to look at like, you know, the available resources and assets and turn them into into value. Uh, but so from that, um, I was doing this work and I saw that uh, the former president of Trader Joe's, Doug Rao um actually he'll be a um he'll be a guest on this show as well um we launched uh we launched uh daily table um actually let, let me rewind a little bit i saw that he was beginning to to look at this idea of how could he do a uh a non nonprofit grocery store in boston I saw oh, an article. did you see that at? um it was an article yeah it was an article it was an article you knew him already i didn't know him I didn't know him i i I didn't even know that he was working on his project. He had done a fellowship at harvard mm. um and then you know but when you're in that circle of you know um environmental justice or you know when you're in a sector, you kind of like stay well, you should anyway, <laughs> you should be staying you know abreast you know to the things that are that are that are on trend and things that are working and uh, you know that are moving forward in your industry uh so just because I was in that the environmental space it came across my desk and I said, Oh man, this is, this is hot. So I saw that he was trying to do a larger version of what I was doing at daily table and daily table is a non-profit grocery store. The gleanery is a for-profit restaurant that is really, the, the difference is daily table leverages that, 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 would be wasted food and turns it into affordable, nutritious food for communities that are in uh f- that that are in food desert communities. Uh so the difference between mine, mine was a high end a high end model, high end food model, and his was uh looking at how to um look at these two conflicting realities, the amount of people that are food insecure in, in community in marginalized communities and the amount of available uh food that's being wasted habitually. Uh so what happened is that's how that's how I got to Boston. I just kind of was like, "Hey, what's up?" Um, he was looking for somebody with with experience in the supply chain, and, and did you send him an email? Yeah, yeah. I just sent an email straight up, like, "Hey, I I, I saw this thing." Um, it actually sent it to his at that time the his his executive director, mm. uh, and I just was like, "All right, cool. This looks hot." And I just sent. And him he up. said,
1: "What come to?" Yeah, yeah.
0: yes i mean and then he said come through and that's the whole thing like i i've been fortunate enough you know to not have to go through that that corporate mess that would be
1: very difficult for me to navigate you're going through it the right way going through it the corporate rod is the wrong way i didn't have no i didn't have no connects i just applied for a job Mm -hmm. so i wasn't Recommend it wasn't recommended like hey get this guy over here, let's check him out, let's see his stuff. Yeah. Wasn't on social media to prove like back then you just had a piece of paper and then you kinda just show your portfolio. That's a horrible business model to come into versus now I'm I'm recommend somebody's recommending to get this guy over here. It's thousands of teachers, there's thousands of art teachers, there's thousands of designers, but they want Jay working. So that's the thing, right? So mm-hmm. you kinda networking and building relationships and sending the guy a message of a sincere message on a level that people not talking about at the time right it's a little ahead of the curve
0: right and so. you're able to validate it you're be able to validate it with stuff that you've been doing right so i was able to come in and say hey look this is something that you want to begin to do i've been doing it for the last three years Dope. so this is somebody who i'm looking and i'm and i'm still i'm still kind of shook you know what i mean i'm still looking at it like is he going is he going to respond or whatever you know cuz that's our, our own little thing you know honestly I, I i'll say me and i know from talking to other um you know just you know just black people who are successful we still have that kind of like shook kind of do are we are we hot enough kind of thing right even though we know that we are there, it's just because that that oppressive like superiority uh, complex that that the system has actually put on us, it makes us feel like second guess our our worth, you know. And that's just me being real. I know that's what it is for me. And even it took it took me a while to get through that, because you got. I don't think I told you this. I never finished college, right? So I, I went. I I went. I never finished. I never finished high school. I got my GED, mm-hmm. right. So for me, I'm always for, not anymore. Thank mm. God, but for a while, I was always trying to figure out:
1: Am I strong enough? Am I? Well, am you, I there? Did you did you have backlash backlash from your parents about that? Because um, it's it's more about I come to think of it, it's more about being worried about how other people feel or what other people think. Was they supportive with you not finishing, or was they? My parents, yeah, my parents, it wasn't a
0: big, because I didn't, I, I got my GED. Because you wasn't, you wasn't wilding out, so it wasn't yeah. like, it wasn't <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it'd be different if you was
1: like out of control.
0: But. Yeah, no, I was always kind of, you know, doing my own thing. I got my GED because I was homeschooled from the seventh grade on out. Right, so they was open to. And you. they was like, okay, well, as long as you're going to get your GED, go ahead yeah, and finish it. Yeah, I said, yeah. cool. Then I went to. Tri C, and then I transferred from Tri C, and I went to Case Western, but I never finished Case Western Reserve. I just said, you know what? Case
1: was Case sucked. Case sucked, dog. Case sucked. Yeah, Case sucked. I mean, it was. It's cool to have it if you can make it through. But everybody, every black person I talked to about Case, my mother got a master's from Case. She got a a B.A. from Case. Um, she said it was rough. Yeah, it was rough. I mean, my mother went to Hiram and Case, Mm-hmm. so no. I mean, it's it wouldn't. It, you're trying to fit
0: in. Yeah, you. I mean, we always are, right? To, yeah, and and that yeah, and that's yeah. the that that's what. To be honest, that's really what's prompting some of this this loiter action, right? We we need our space. You know, we we need our enterprises, we need our institutions, we need our businesses. We need our
1: communities, we need our places to, to hang out. So let's fast forward. Um, you're doing this work, um, you, you're making a name for yourself, you're getting success off of you taking the right route of doing all this stuff, everybody proud of you, blah, 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 blah. Um, then you have, you know, you you, you set up shop, you, how long was you in Vermont, Boston?
0: uh so i don't i'm not good with dates i don't really keep any of that stuff i mean roughly yeah roughly yeah roughly you know 12 years i was on the east coast 12 13 years right on the east
1: coast so then you kind of still got your eyebrows uh you still kind of not eyebrows but you still kind of looking at um east cleveland your parents are still here x y and z looking at what's going on and you re you was like I always ask you like you had an aha moment where it's like I wanna do this work um in East Cleveland. it's untapped. I'm gonna come back home. I mean that's a big step once you you know your kids is in school, your wife is used to going to certain places, you know we got car, you know we got cars we got a kids that's in school, we got a cat, we gotta move like you know what I mean, so
0: yeah,
1: um, I mean for me. It really
0: was, and I didn't even mention. I was I was living on the Vineyard. I was living on Martha's Vineyard. I, I on Martha's vineyard. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful, beautiful. You, you gotta uh, come. Uh, I, you, I got beautiful. I'm, you, you can, I, you can I, stay you, here and I'm do bre- this work in East Cleveland, <laughs> Cleveland and I'm gonna work. Remotely no, we're doing it both. Uh, <laughs> we, we we'll be. how you know I, I'm still there every summer. Um, and I'll make sure you you out there with me. So, but I'm, so the wife looks at you like, <laughs> what in the world? Yeah, bro? no, for Are you sure. You serious? No, for sure. You trying
1: to get us to go where? Back to EC. Back to East Cleveland in the trenches, bro.
0: In the trenches, and that's what it is. It's really about trying to say what happened is, I was part of this fellowship called Common Future, and they and I, I kind of have always been looking at some of the some of my other peers and the work that we were doing and then George Floyd got murdered and I said, "Well, dang, what am I doing?" right? So I'm um the work that I'm doing is impactful. Like it's very impactful work. Uh but it wasn't hitting home. Like like it wasn't really it wasn't all the way real you know it's like it's like one one space removed from touching it to where I'm like spiking them all spiking the ball getting a touchdown and giving high fives it's kind of like this in the stance celebrating when somebody scores instead of actually making a score so I wanted to to come home number one I wanted to live next door to my parents because they never left
1: Right, and they're getting um, older, and, and there's they, blessings and coming back and helping your folks. Yeah, exactly, people. Being we be we, we, we be quick to move and leave our parents at the house, and not realizing that, you know, blessings is at the feet of your mom and your pops, and coming home to help them. Yep, you know.
0: No, that's real, and that's part. That that is real. That's one piece. That's a major piece. I said, okay, well, they're getting older. Um, they've supported my decision, and also I thought about brain drain and the fact that East Cleveland has lost how many people because there's no opportunities, you know, for the people that were, you know, born and raised in the streets.
1: This is the thing. Like, we we told of the whole dream since my father, or the status quo, was to work your way up the ladder, get a pension, retire, and, and go to Puerto Rico every summer and go to Mexico every summer. And, you know... That's that's the status quo dream. So, you know, people want to leave and, you know, we kind of chasing money. We kind of chasing the status, right? And the most fulfilling work is coming home and, you know, doing this work is like fulfillment in it. So we're not talking, we're kind of getting outside of dollars. We're not talking about money. We're not talking about the success and that. We're talking about actual gratification from doing some real work, basically.
0: Yeah, I mean, and and that and that's what that's really, hence the name loiter, right? We need spaces for us to be able to hang out and chill at, and earn from for our children to be able to do the same, and for our grandparents. So this is a, a intergenerational, multi generational effort to make sure that we all, you know, it's, especially having lived you know, where I've lived, right? See, see, seeing, I mean, it's just even when we drive up to other communities, we just want what other people got in East Cleveland, right? Like a grocery store that's, that's not stinky, you know, an ice cream shop to, to enjoy the summertime in, you know, a bakery to grab your bread, like a place to go and chill with. And when people come visit, they say, like, oh, I'm going to take you here. Right, those places are never within our own community, and to have that would make what it would change it it would change it it would make it to where is a community again a community that 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 you were talking about earlier it would make it to where we have it that that's a it's a it's, it adds more pride to 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 you
1: living here it's a a trickle down domino effect, the ecosystem it's like I got the iPhone, I might as well get the iPad, <laughs> I might as well I got an iPhone, I'm an Apple kid so I gotta have everything Apple now because it's all I can send a note on my phone and then I can go over here and pick it up on my computer and then I can go upstairs and my books is on my phone and on my tablet, it's like an ecosystem that we don't have it's like we kind of separated and scarce or not. you know, everything is uh,
0: lopsided and and to imagine sense. that so most people you even saying that around Apple right people we don't even think that we can make that happen for ourselves because people never it,
1: associated yeah. the word uh, the first time I heard it was with Apple and the second time I heard it was Maya Bailey Maya, Maya Bailey was talking about um, I, I went to a design conference with my man Mr. Soul and Maya Bailey started Um, doing tattooing and stuff and really evolved that in Atlanta and really grew a whole. He talked about the ecosystem and his shows, bro. He's got a huge building with artists, um, doing tattoos, art galleries. I mean, the whole block is almost something that he created. And guys like Mr. Soul came up underneath him. So he kind of talked about the ecosystem. So it just kind of hit me when he said it. I was like, damn. Yeah. Like an ecosystem with us not just my computers and you know what i'm saying no
0: no that's right and that and that's the that's the education that 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 we're starting from right from the beginning to say how do we get our mindset right to people even to for us as a community to even accept that as being a a possible reality for us right how many people think that that can happen in east cleveland like people would be like man yeah right like it's, it's, it's no it's we're so beat up by the effects of systemic racism and like you said, the white flight and the black flight, the brain drain, the, the disinvestment, all of the things that happened to create the poorest city in, in, in Ohio, we just got inertia now. So we gotta, get, we, gotta, we gotta elbow our ways out of that to be able to say, number one, to be able to fix our mouth to say that we can create an ecosystem. So the fact that you're able to fix your mouth to say it is bold enough. The fact that we want to ask people to support us in creating it is even bolder. And the fact that we've already started with the with the with the resources that we have is is that much more bold. So at the end of the day, you're right. It's about building the ecosystem so we can really provide a platform for experimentation, for for I mean Cause, Cause, at the end of the day, we don't. This hasn't been done before. What we're trying to do with loiter,
1: talk about. Cause it seemed like it was leading into a segue of us closing out. Talk yeah. about what's the next steps and what can people do? You know, we kind of talked about it's different. It's different people, right? We got entrepreneurs. We got people that's involved in doing this work. We got guys that just live here. You know, we we got just a normal guy who's just kind of making. You know, we got a guy who's walked past. He walked past today. Um, You want to talk about the location? You want to talk about the... What we're offering,
0: you know, East Cleveland... Is what the people want. Is what the people want. So that's the purpose of the podcast. So the call to action at this point is get at us. So like, subscribe. Yeah. Like what?
1: The Instagram page? The Instagram page. What is it? What is it, son?
0: Loiter East Cleveland. And that's both of them. Instagram Instagram, and Twitter. Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, you can check out loiter.us. Um, you can heck. You can text me, call me. I don't care, 802-380-4651. That's my number. Um, but at the end of the day, we really want to hear from the people that live in East Cleveland, that are interested in coming back to East Cleveland, and the people that are interested in supporting East Cleveland.